Hey everybody, welcome to Track Talk, the legendary drumming of Ringo Starr with my very special guest, Greg Bissonette. Who better than Greg to do a deep dive into Ringo's drumming? He's not only Ringo's biggest fan, but he's been his drummer since 2008 in the All-Star Band. So come along for the ride with Greg and me. I think you're going to really like this episode. We left no stone unturned, as they say. So this is part one of two parts, and uh, I do hope you enjoy it. Thanks for watching. And check out part two. I'll see you on the other side. Thanks. I'd like to welcome the returning champion, if there ever was a returning champion, my good friend, the one and only Greg Bissonette. Please welcome Greg. Honey, I love you, man. I love you too, brother. So good to we see you. We've known each other so long. When did I we know. meet? 1985, Greg. 1985. Wow. And I'll I'll tell you, I mean, this is what I remember from that first time I met you, that we instantly bonded over Ringo. I remember us talking about Ringo, and here's this this person person I just met, you just met, and like and we became buddies like instantly from that. So there's so, so much so many drummers all over the world have either started playing because of Ringo or gotten friendships together like you and I because of talking about yeah. Ringo. Talking about the Ed Sullivan show, seeing them live, just anything. Such a great bonding point. Ringo! Ringo. Ringo does it all. And talk about seeing them live. Let's take a second before we jump into the Track Talk episode. By the way, thank you for being here today, Greg. Thank you so, for having me. So appreciate it. And you got to see Ringo. Your dad got you and your brother and your sister tickets to see Ringo in 1966? Yeah, what happened was my dad was playing... Uh, a gig with his band at the ambassador hotel and he came out in the lobby and he just saw thousands of screaming, you know, young kids and teenagers and people in their twenties. And he asked the food and beverage manager guy who was his friend. I know this cause he kept telling me the story over the evening. <laughs> What's going on? Why are all these screaming girls in the lobby? But the Beatles are staying upstairs. They're playing tomorrow night at Olympia hockey arena in Detroit. And my dad said, wow, could you get me close to six tickets? And he said, I don't know you minus the Beatles. They've been sold out for months, but I like you. You're a good guy. Come back after the gig. I'll see what I can do. And my dad went back into the bar, and the guy said, I got you six tickets, but it's going to cost you. It's going to be 36 bucks total. <laughs> and so he came home. My, my sister was too young. She stayed home. My mom stayed home with my sister, but my brother Matt and my dad and I went, and we had some neighbor friends. Oh, okay, yeah. we were there, Detroit Olympia Hockey Arena, '66. Oh. Wow! What think about is I'm in the same room with these four guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And then years later, right when you guys were with, with the All Star Band with Ringo, you played in Detroit. Did you guys drive by the, well, what the site happened? of? We were playing at the Fox Theater, and after sound check, during sound check, I said, "Ringo, just a few blocks from here is where you played at Olympia Hockey Arena, where I saw you in '66." He said, "Wow, that was right near here. Let's go. We'll get a car. We'll go after the sound check." And I said, "Man, unlike Europe, where they don't tear down buildings of historical significance, we do in America, and it's a parking lot now." Ah! But after the first song, he said, "I was talking to my friend on the other kit." And when he was seven in 66, he went to see the, he went to the other place to see us. And I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, and Ringo was going to be 83 years young in a few weeks on July 7th. 
And man, we just finished a month long tour. He is so fit and so in shape. And he exercises so great and his, his eating habits are so wonderful. And he's about peace and love, Johnny. As you know, you know, yeah. Ringo. he loves you, man. You'd often come to the gigs before. Where was that outdoor gig in Boston where you came? It's, I've, I've come to see you a bunch of times at a, boy, I don't know what it's called now, but it used to be called, um, the Fleet Pavilion, Bank of America Pavilion, right on the water there. Yeah. 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 That's a great, it's a great spot. Cufflinks one time. That's right. For his 70th birthday. Yeah. There you go. That was, yeah. that was really, that was so memorable. I, I'll tell you, that was bef at the sound check. I remember this. I tell this story. You had me come early. I came to sound check. Jeff Jonas brought me in and I'm standing behind you and Ringo and he was showing you the intro to come together. I remember you, he, you guys were both playing it and I'm just, and you looked over at me and you saw me and you waved and you, and you had this look in your face. Like, can you believe this Ringo is I'm sitting here with Ringo and he's, <laughs> I know, I know. I just, and I, you know, we're, we'll, we'll start talking about some music in a minute, but I just want to, I want to ask you and, and for everybody watching this, what it must feel like every night being up there with him because this guy I Greg I've known you 40 years and from the day I met you your favorite this isn't like a new thing because you got the gig with Ringo he's your favorite drummer he's always been your favorite drummer and you, oh. you play in his band for 15 years you've been his drummer it's it's you know what's crazy is in 03 I got the gig with this other band called Ringo and the Roundheads <coughs> and my brother Matt who's right. in Elton John's band they're over in Europe on this long Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Tour. He played bass in the Roundheads. He had a Hoffner and he played bass and I played drums. That was 03. So it's been 20 years. It was 20 years ago in this year. <laughs> <laughs> 2003 to 2008. And in 2008, the All-Star Band. So it's just unbelievable. And what I think about, I look five feet to my right at Soundcheck and at the gigs and I think, man, I'm playing next to the guy that got me into wanting to be in a band and still yeah. in a band, his band, Ringo Starr and his all-star band. And even though we just finished this first leg of 2023 tour, uh, Saturday night in San Jose, we start up again, September 15th on an East coast tour. So he's just, he just loves playing. And one of the things I'd love to point the uh, listeners or viewers to is Ringo's masterclass on masterclass.com. Yes. One of the great things he says in there, and it's the greatest way to hear firsthand about his playing and his life. Watch Ringo on masterclass.com. The last thing he says before it signs off is, the more you play, the better life is. Oh, that's so beautiful. Hey, yeah. Man. It's true it's, for all it's, of us. The more we play, the better life is. Exactly. That's that's that just sums it right up. I mean, I, right? We we can both any drummer watching this can relate to that. That's yeah. and you've got your left handed Ludwig kid, <laughs> your cool band. Your band is called uh, it's a video game name. What's your band called? Grand Theft Audio, but close Grand to Auto, yeah. Grand Theft Audio. Do you play Beatles songs in Grand Theft Audio? Yeah, we do. We do. A couple of them that we're going to talk about today, in fact. Yeah. And so. I know, Kelly, one time you were working on help. She said, why are you playing that over and over? Because it's hard. Right. Double stops. Oh man, I know. I still struggle with that song, Greg. We're going to talk about that, and, and yeah, and and, and she, hopefully she's not going to see this. She might. No, um, she was she was just telling me to like move on from that. Like don't don't 
don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, I have to work on this. I have to get this right. Because Ringo does it effortlessly without thinking about it. Oh, my God. We, we have to really work at it. Yeah. Double steadfast, you know. Yeah. Hard and, you know, he, and we'll, we'll get to this, too. And Ticket to Rod, I know you've talked about this, too. That one that one spot where he does that little, that little, like, 16th. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all even. Bop, 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 bop. Michael. His are yeah. so perfect. I know. So, so the way you played that was your, you played your, did Ringo play with his right hand on the Tom Tom or his left? You think probably played it that way? On Ticket to Ride? On Ticket to Ride, that, that. I think it's this. And then both hands together. And so, uh, but what's interesting, because you're a lefty. And he's a lefty, but he's on a right-handed kid. You're a lefty, Johnny, but you're on a left-handed kid. If you watch the videos of Help, when John counts it off, one, yes. two, one, Help, you hear, you see and hear him bleeding with his left hand on the high hand. Crash two, three, four, one, two, three, four, crash two, three. So he's leading with his left hand on the high hand. And whenever he starts fills, I go on my favorite yeah. people film. But he leads left. It's so cool. It's so cool. I I watched that the video from Ed Sullivan over and over the help video when he's doing that, and I didn't know that. It, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't until I got hip to watching the video, like listening to the record. I assumed, you know, he was playing it with his right hand, but but it just it it opens it up to showing you just how unbelievable he is. You know, his his ambidextrousness. You know, in terms of like what he could do in the kit. Because on a lot of songs, like Help, he's leading with his right hand. Yeah. And if we, we do what goes on and we do act naturally, and those are those are fast, you know, what goes on. And all I gotta do is and he's just going like this. And so how he has the other day I said, he came up to his kit and I said, Man, we had just played uh, what goes on? And I said, man, the stamina of your right hand. And he just said, yeah, I don't really think about it. I just do it. You know, so his left is so strong because he's a lefty. Yeah. Lefty yeah. But his right hand, daka, 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 daka. endurance is amazing. It is. Yeah. And and I'll just say, too, I think we talk a lot about, a lot about Ringo being left handed and the fact that he, you know, he starts his fills with his left hand typically, maybe not every time, but often he'll do that. But I think in, in addition to that, what makes him so special is just what you just said that his, his left hand and his right hand are almost like equally strong. Whereas most right hand drummers, right. Have a, you know, really have to work on their, well, no, not you, but it's, oh, guilty for sure. My right's way stronger than my left. Yeah. And someone never knows. I know we're jumping around, but that's a great example. Yeah. Uh, excuse me for jumping, but I used to play it like this. And then he jumped up on the kit, and he didn't take the right hand off the cymbal. Because his left hand's so strong and so yeah. consistent, so is his right hand. Wow. Well, let's want to play some music. Shall we get into some, yeah. some tunes? Lead the way. All right. So the first tune we'll start with is one that we both love. In fact, we love all these songs, but this is I Feel Fine. And maybe you could set this up a little bit and just talk about what Ringo's part. Yeah. Yeah. So I know just from being Ringo's friend for 20 years, I know how much he loves 
Ray Charles. And years ago, I got to play on a version. I got to play live with Ray at the record plant. And it was uh, Jerry Hay producing an album for Ray of Duets. And um, he Ray did uh, You Are My Sunshine. And it was a shuffle, like... You are my sunshine. And Jimmy Johnson was playing bass. Anyway, I, I sent it to Ringo. I said, check this out. And he goes, wow, you're playing with Ray on a song. Ray is one of his favorite musicians. And so my good friend and roommate when I was living in Dallas and North Texas uh, was John Bryant. John Bryant is a great Dallas drummer. He plays with all kinds of people. He works a lot with Stuart Copeland uh, on his stuff, and he's played with Joe Walsh. He's played with Don Henley. He had a band called Firework in Dallas. I used to be in a band called Buster Brown. And John and I are really good friends. And John, you know, he's told me many times that, you know, baby, what I say, that's definitely... One, two, three, four, and one, two. And one time he changed it around and Ray said, Johnny, don't ever change that around. It's one, two, three, pop up. But on I Feel Fine, I'm sure it was influenced by what I say. But Ringo flips it. And instead of going one, pop, doom, boom, boom, he goes one, boom, boom, pop. Boom, bam, bada, boom, bee, bee, bam, bada, boom. So he put, and I've got tea towels. Gary Estridge, we'll talk about Gary in a minute, but Gary has RingoStarDrumsets.com. Gary Estridge is a Ringo drum set aficionado, and he got me these Abbey Road tea towels. You see the back movie. Uh, Ringo used tea towels quite a bit. He started us on the little tea towel thing. So I've got tea towels on my snare rack and floor. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to play I Feel Fine, you'll hear that. Dun, 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 All right. Well, we'll play a little bit of this track. Here we go. Yeah. I Feel Fine. Unbelievable groove. You know, she tells me yeah. You know that middle break where it's like boom, bap, bap, boom, beep, beep, and then he plays that boom, bop, bop, bop. That's a really cool break. I remember playing I Feel Fine and jamming along at Soundcheck with Ringo. And he's do you know the middle break? Can you play that middle break? It's kind of somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot. There's like a little breakdown. Yeah, I want me to play it right now. Can you find it? It's such yeah, a abso- cool absolutely, absolutely. Hang on a second. It is somewhere in the middle. I'm going to say it's right about here. Let's try this. She's in love with me and Let's I see. Feel fine. Coming up. This is a song my band plays too. Oh, you do? Yeah. Here we go.
man. I know. I know. It's timeless. It's timeless. And when I came to your house that time, Greg, I'm, I'm sure that was one of the songs we played together when we played double drums. I and bet the, it was. Yeah. There's so many. And the ones we're going to talk about today are, are some of our favorites. But there's so many. But Ringo really plays with the lyrics. He plays with the vocals. He plays with the riffs. He's not coming up with fills just because they're cool fills. He's coming up with fills that work. Yeah. I mean, they just work lyrically and yeah. melodically. You know what I found too, Greg, as I got older, you know, I, I loved listening to him as a, as a, as a youngster, just because I love the music so much and I love the drums. And then, you know, we get older and you start really like listening to things more critically and like really breaking stuff down. And I realized to play what Ringo plays the right way correctly is it's, it's nothing, not nothing, but many of his parts are not what they sound like or, or seem to be until you try to play them. Right. And then you realize, wait a minute, he's actually like you will, we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to drive my car, but that intro, um, well, I used to think it was just a little, uh, syncopated dudes to do, but it's, it sounds like he's doing like a like, do you know what I mean? I'm sure you I can do. play it. I can't really. I can't wait to talk about Drive My Car. But one of the reasons I think you hit it on the head, it seems like something different than it is. And I think the reason for that is his swing factor. Ringo yeah. has so yeah. much swing in his playing. And I know that he loves Cozy Cole. He loves Topsy. I get to play Yellow Submarine on trumpet. But he goes, man, big ass triple and, and just fun playing. You do it standing up. Okay. We're just playing kicker. We often jam on Topsy. Topsy's a cozy cool song. And that swing, that floor tom swing, he just loves the swing. And when he puts these fills in there on I Feel Fine, on Drive My Car, on Rain, on so many of the songs we're going to talk about today, it's just got that feel that swing that lope that moves it and percolates it and so yeah. a lot of people try to emulate it but it's only he can do it the right way the i way know you... and and i learned that too like you know playing beatles songs as a, as a youngster like i'd i'd play what i thought was the right sticking and you know the the put the spaces where it needed to be or put the fills where they need to be but now when i listen to what he plays it's I, I, you know, it's just, it's so creative. It's so like the parts are such a big, to me, they're such a huge part of the composition of the song, you know, and we're going to talk about some of those songs as we go along here that, that are like just such a big part of the song, what he c came up with for a drum part. And let's, let's jump ahead to She Loves You. Yeah. And, uh, and this is, this is, this has got that great floor tom, riding floor tom part that we've talked about before. And um, should we start it off? Sure, but before you play it, I want to just yeah. mention that when I was a kid, and I'm sure when when you were a kid too, I never really heard, you just said the phrase, riding on the floor. I never yeah. really heard people with their with their riding on the floor time. I heard riding on the hi-hat. In fact, one of the number one beats that as I get older and I listen every day to Beatles songs, I think the number one most used kick drum part in my estimation, on the first several Beatle albums, isn't boom, bop, boom, bop, 
or boom, bop, boom, boom, bop, or boom, bop, boom, bop, boom, bop. It's this one. Boom, bop, boom, boom, bop, boom, bop. And the way that goes with Paul's bass, you listen to, especially on Rubber Soul, do you yeah. hear it? So many different tempos. Boom, bop, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. That's... So yeah. and he loves you. He's writing on the floor down. But he starts with the rack down, Phil. And there's that little um bop 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 ticket to ride theme. Yeah. Start the floor top. Yeah, let's play that intro, John. Oh, it's the intro is 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 so killer. Love playing this song. Wow. You know, yeah, I know, I know, and and then the, his. What he plays in the hi-hat is so even and so clean. It's just that wash that he creates with that, you know, just, I mean, it's just, is it straight eighth notes or is he playing even just some, some even dotted extra, like sort of dotted notes in there or. I think, I think it's, it's like you said, it's a wash yeah. and it's, it's got a swing to it. It's yeah. a straight eighth note song, one and two and three and four, but it's kind of got, that wash gives it that, a little, instead of this. Yeah. Wash in the loose hat. It gives it again, 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 like a life of its own. Yeah, yeah. It's so great. Let's play a little bit more of it. Yeah. Just to get to some of those other parts. You know what's crazy too, Johnny, when you think about how old Ringo was, this song, She Loves You, it was recorded six days before Ringo's 23rd birthday. It was July 1st, 1963, six days before he turned 23. And man, his maturity to play the right parts for the songs, he'd already been playing you know, in the Beatles and the Cavern and playing in, in the Reaper Bond in Hamburg. He'd already been playing with Rory Storm and the Hurricanes and the Eddie Clayton Skiffle group. He'd been playing a lot by the time he was 23. Yeah, yeah. 
I know, but it, but I, I think about that too. I think about the fact that, you know, they recorded uh, Abbey Road and Let It Be when he was 28, basically. I mean, it's, and, and that song, like you said, 22 years old. It's unbelievable that, like he had the, the maturity and, and the, you know, when I was 22, I would have played a fill anywhere I could. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, look, there's, there's four bars. I, I'm going to just play something right now. And yeah. But always a band guy, even, you know, today with the all-star band since 1989, he's had the all-star band. It's a band. Yeah, and we yeah. do everybody's versions, our versions of everybody's songs. Like right now it's Steve Lukather from Toto. We do Africa, Rosanna, hold the line, but we do it our way. We, you know, Ringo just wants to make it our own and Colin Hay, you know, we do overkill. Who can it be now? Land down under, but we do it our way. Yeah. And yeah. You know, Frankenstein, Free Ride. Uh, he does a version of, of Johnny Be Good from Edgar's album that I had to, by the grace of God, I got to play on 16 of the 17 songs. It's called Brother Johnny, and it won a Grammy for Best uh, Blues, Contemporary Blues album this year. But he did a version of um, Johnny Be Good, and we play that. And on this crash, where he goes right in, man, he's washing it with the shoulder, you know, ah, yeah. That together, he's like, "Come on, let's do it together." We do it together. <laughs> and Ringo played on uh, one of the songs too, "Stranger," on that album. It's a great album, Edgar's album. But we kind of make everybody's songs our own. Hamish Stewart from the Average White Band, pick up the pieces, work to do, and cut the cake. But we we, we make them our own versions, and we jam. And he's a band guy. He's yeah, all yeah. playing in a band. He never sat down on the drums and just said, I'm going to work on this fill or this beat. Everything he did, and he talks about this a lot in Masterclass, came from playing in a band. Yeah, yeah. You, you, can, you can feel that about him, that he's, 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 he's all about being an accompanist to, to the music. It's not about him. He's, you know, and I, I think he's, I, it was either a Masterclass or somewhere where he talked about one of his, you know, one of his philosophies, I guess, if for lack of a better word, was never play a fill where there's a vocal, right? I mean, never, never play something when there's like support the vocal all the time and let that be what drives the song. And that's, that's perfect, right? I mean, and instead of looking at a chart, you know, and, and a drum part or a guitar chart or a chord chart, he, he'd rather have the lyrics. So he knows when the lyrics are you know, singing when they're not singing. And he always fills around the vocals so well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what a, just a, an incredible like musician, but like his mind, you know, the fact that he, you know, he just knows instinctively what to play all the time. You know, I mean, that, so that's what I get. Listen, Johnny, you've talked to Ringo. Yeah. He's a great listener. He yeah. looks in the eye and he listens to what you're saying. And then he responds just like we're supposed to have conversations like we're having now. A lot of drummers, they don't really listen to what the rest of the band's doing. They're too busy thinking about what fill am I going to do in eight bars or in a bar. He's not thinking about what he's going to do. He's listening. He's yeah. listening to vocals. He's listening to the band. And then he plays, like you said, the word you just had, accompanist. Yeah. He plays for the song. That's what Absolutely. it's about. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you know... I, there's so many great drummers that we know are, you know, friends of ours and heroes of ours. But I, I think Ringo, you know, really is like in another place when it comes to being a guy, a, a drummer that plays for the song that really that's that's what it's always been about. And I, you know, I used to try to explain it to people, um, 
you know, when we were younger and, and you'd have, you know, disagreements, arguments with other drummers who'd say, well, you know, he, this guy's a better drummer because he has more cymbals and more drums than Ringo or, you know what I mean? And that whole argument. And, and what I used to try to explain to people is like, yeah, but listen to this song and you'll hear Ringo play this part that I, most drummers would have never come up with, but it just fit this spot. It, maybe it, he, he sits out playing the hi-hat in this one spot. He's just playing the bass drum and the snare drum and leaving that space open for the rest of the, you know, maybe George is playing something or, and sounds like you're talking about come together. Well, there you go. There's a great example. Yeah. There's a lead in. Yeah. Yeah. Should we, should we jump ahead? We don't have to go in any sort of chronological. Let's, let's talk about that song. Yeah. Because he doesn't play, you know, when, when, when John's singing, Hold you in his arms, yeah, you can be. He's not playing high end. He's not playing snare. He's just playing, like you said, the bass drum. Yeah. Hold you in his arms, yeah, you can feel his disease. And when the guitar and the bass, boom, 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 a lot of drummers would have gone, boom, 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 which is fine, but he plays rhythmically melodic with that part and i'm not going to be able to i don't i don't have a, a a third tom i only have a four piece kit here with my tea towels and i'm not going to attempt to do the perfect ringo putting on the floor down leading left as he's told me many times he did i'm going to play it the way i've always played it yeah that's not the way he would play it on that kit that come together kit the get back kit he's playing you know, as he says, yeah. leading down and going up. That's a, a topic for a lot of discussions. But anyway, he doesn't play um, the the hi-hat in the chorus he either. He just plays, come together right now over me. And then floor time and bass drum on the verse. He wear no shoe shine, he got why don't we play it and everybody yeah. will get the idea you don't have to play the hi-hat all the time the ride symbol all the time you can play parts of the kit that work for parts of the lyrics parts of the song this is probably one of the greatest drum tracks one of the greatest composed drum parts ever and they know what song it is just by hearing the drum part alone exactly yep Bass yeah. And Paul's bass part, man, with it, just wow. Here comes bass drum only. With a swing. Oh, yeah. Always with a swing, yeah. Wait till we get to the chorus. Yeah. No, I. That's a great point, Greg. Too the the swing, I, and and that that's so key. What you just said, it it doesn't feel stiff ever. It's always got a swing to it. Oh, he's gonna swing the bass Yeah. No symbol.
catch, honey. Good job. Yeah, man. That's another one um, we play. It's a it's a a fun song to play. Just a you know, and and I, I I'll just say not to we're talking about you. We're talking about Ringo here, but um, I I always feel like I owe it to Ringo to play it as close to the right way as possible. Like you know, not maybe not note for note, but it's got to have that you know. Do you have a four piece or a, or a five piece? A four piece, yeah. Four piece. A four piece, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I wanted to, I really wanted to talk about that song because I feel like that's a song that, as you said, you know what it is right away. And I remember there was a tribute to Ringo years ago and a bunch of people got up and played that. And that's, you know, that's like an anthem for drummers, right? I mean, that's one of those songs that we all like, you cut your teeth learning how to play come together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, with the all-star band, uh, we do Frankenstein and it's uh, Ringo uh, takes a break and goes back, and uh, we do that with just me playing drums. And Edgar said, "Play a drum solo," and I thought instead of playing a all the time kind of drum solo like most shows, you know, I thought I'd, I'd quote a bunch of songs. And I thought, I wonder if it's it's okay to quote come together. And I thought, I've got a quote come together. I start with "We will rock you," boom, boom, rock, and get the people singing. We but that's the same tempo. And Steve Lukather sits over by the side and he plays the don't don't. And I quote Ticket to Ride, Honky Tonk Woman, Immigrant Song, Wipeout, Hot for Teacher, The End. But I thought, I got to quote Ringo, you know, because this yeah. is an all star band and he's my favorite drummer of all time, my favorite song drummer. And those parts, I mean, that on the end, we can talk about that later too, but what a classic eight bars. He's not a drum solo guy, but those eight bars, first of all, they're perfectly in tempo oh. and got a metronome to it, even though there was no metronome. It's just a rhythmical, rhythmically melodic way he played that. So I don't want to steal the show and jump from song to song. No, you lead no. Play. Okay. And, and, you know, I just, I'll, I'll just reinforce what you just said, Greg, which is like, you know, again, the older I get, the more I, I listen to him and I go, my God, he really was. You know, I remember reading like stuff George Martin would say about, you know, he had a great sense of great sense of rhythm. You know, he had a great George was so, you know, such a legend, but so sort of understated in that way, like saying he had a he had a fine sense of time. He had unbelievable has unbelievable time. It's you listen to those records, like you said, there were no click tracks. There was no um, pro tools to fix stuff and his time is like we take it for granted it's so amazing it's so perfect and no matter what anybody says he's told me many times tomorrow never knows is not a loop that's him playing right right that holds its its course the whole way all these songs and they can edit things together george martin said because of ringo's time and groove and consistency yeah yeah right which right you couldn't do that back then unless you had that perfect consistency but, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, well, you know, let's let's jump backwards a second to um, we were just talking about Ticket to Ride. And I I just, you know, I made a note here because, you know, I, I think even Ringo himself probably would say something like, well, you know, I don't I don't play any rudiments. I don't you know, he's he's so humble in terms of like his his technical ability. And I think when you listen to the, the single stroke roles in this song, I mean, forget about it to me i again i listen to this song over and over and i i would love to be able to play those singles as clean as he does throughout do. the song yeah and you know johnny when people talk about rudiments and you know you and i know i mean 
we did drumline and drum corps. I did drum corps in North Texas. I mean, I really think I know my rudiments. But someone once said there's only two rudiments, singles and doubles. You think of a single stroke roll and a double stroke roll. And you think of a paradiddle. It's a single and a double and a single and a double. Right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. I mean, he knows singles, he knows doubles, he knows paradiddles, and he knows flams. And so whether yeah. you're playing pataflaflas or hurtas or, you know, uh, flam paradiddles or lesson number 25 or a five-stroke roll, a seven-stroke roll, a nine-stroke roll, a 13-stroke roll, a pataflafla, whatever you're playing, they're all combinations of singles and doubles. And like you just said in Ticket to Ride, it's a masterclass on singles And then double stops. I played a lot of marimba in college where you four mellow marimba. When the hands are playing together. Yeah. Those are double stops. The Tony Williams way would be flams. That's very, very hard to do. Yeah, how consistent these are. Yeah, impossible for someone like me. I'll be, I'll tell you right now when I hear and this that's song. That's just the thrills, Johnny. But when you think about the guitar part, it's not. There's a swing there, and then later he changes it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what a great lead-in. Let's listen to some. Yeah, let's let's listen to this from the album Help. Yeah. It's so clean and so perfect. What other fill in the song? Yep. He does the he does the double stop. But my favorite fill. Talk about taste and restraint and discipline. Just the blob. She's got a ticket to ride. <laughs> that is that is hard to do because you're you're in the recording studio, you're doing all this stuff. A lot of people would be, oh, I got a big space there. She's got a ticket to ride. <laughs> what can I do to fill it? Oh, the drum. No, how about she's got a ticket to ride. 
can you fast forward to that bill? I think Absolutely. So- yeah. And again, yeah. And, and to me, right. It, and it puts such a period, like a, like a hard stop to that point. Again, it's such a great, you know, well thought out part that I'll bet he really didn't even think that much. He just knew to do it. Right. He just yeah, knew. He th- I bet you too. He didn't think he yeah. just, you said period. It's like a period or it's like an exclamation point. A lot Ex- of yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's see if I can come up to that blast. part here. Yeah. Let's see if it's. Right, I think it's coming up here. The way the song grooves too during those during the chorus parts where he's just playing the hi hat, just the straight eighth note part of the hi hat, it just he goes from this the little syncopated thing to that straight groove. It's just the way it compliments. When I was a little kid, I thought he was going, My baby no kid. He's not doing that. His his percussion, the tambourine is doing it. It gives that double time feel, even though he's playing. But think about where the tambourine goes in that beat. And the way he played tambourine and claves, bongos, rubber soul, especially. You're going to lose that girl. It's like a bongo feature. And so... Bongos. He plays timpani. Every little thing she does. Boom, 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 boom. He's got timpani, claves, uh, maracas, a lot of maracas. Yeah. Wow. Gary Estridge brought out a set of period piece Ludwig uh, bongos, like the kind he played, that you reached underneath and turned, tuned with a key underneath the in the bongo. Wow. And we sat around playing those at soundcheck. I think we said, we sang, you don't realize how much I need you. And he just started playing and it was, it was just like, it was, we were back in that moment. Just percussion playing is phenomenal. I was going to say, you know, it never gets any credit for that either. Like the, the, like the maracas are are not an easy instrument to play correctly again. And in masterclass, he goes over it, man. He talks about how he played the maracas, the way it was parallel. He's got the same kind of maracas he used and the bongos and, and the hand claps. Nowadays, when you do an album, if Grand Theft Audio went in the studio and did an album, you would probably hire Luis Conte to come out and play percussion or Lenny Castro or somebody. But, well, why don't we just have Johnny D play percussion? Well, he's the drum set guy. You're a specialist. Now, Ringo was a drum set and hand percussion specialist for those yeah. songs. Yeah. And, right, I, you know, when you think about how all the guys, Ringo, of course, but all the all the guys in the Beatles just picked up whatever instrument they had to pick up to to cut the track. I mean, when you watch the Get Back movie, you see, I want to say that the original version of Let It Be was John, Paul was on piano, John playing bass, I think, for the basic track. And I think, I think I read that. And then when they went, they went back and Paul and did a recording 
the final bass track for that. But I think you see John playing bass. Is it the Get Back, Peter Jackson? Oh. Eight hours of just pure joy. Because you see these guys creating the songs. The way Paul started strumming the bass, JoJo was him, and then they oh. all came in. And it's, what, a, what a masterpiece. I mean, Let It Be, the original one, was a little bit of, of a, it was a little more sad because it was more of like a movie of them kind of showing that they were breaking up, you know, in George's yeah. Get Back is a celebration of how much fun they had and how much they loved each other. Absolutely. So um, creating. You see Ringo back there on his drums, and he's always ready to go. He's ready to go. He's such a song band guy. Every time, Greg. I know. I, that's, that's exactly what I took away from that was like, my God, there were, time, there were moments or, or periods of time where he's sitting there while they're figuring something out and or whatever they're doing. He's just sitting there. And then when it's time to go, he goes. They hit the red light. And he's perfect every time, every time, consistently. Like so consistent, so yeah. consistent. What a band! So reliable, yeah. Um, well, the next song I want to play is is one that we've talked about many times, and I think you told me this story that I never knew that our friend Stan Lynch from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers based one of his most famous songs, "Breakdown," off of this song. And I think you know the song when I tell you that. Yeah, in and, my life. You know, in my life, yeah. Sam and I have talked so much about how, and you and I too, about how he didn't go, there are places I remember. He played the hi-hat, one hi-hat per bar. One. And when I asked Ringo, the first time I met him in 03, when we were playing together, I said, how did you come up with that part to, in my life? And he thought for a second, he said, <laughs> I think I just did what I did on Anna. Anna. And that's Martha Alexander's song. And that's what the drummer on that song played too. But he he knew that beat and he had it in his head. And he thought that's going to be the perfect beat to bring in on John's In My Life. But again, those double stops, he plays those between the uh. double and the cymbal. And he always goes to the bell. on the, He loves to go to the bell on the cymbal on the chorus. But he goes... consistently and so even and Stan said yeah that's where I got the vibe of I put up more of a swing on it I don't care yeah. I break down but he said I got that from Ringo I mean so many of us we we do sessions we do recording sessions for albums movies TV shows demos Whatever it is, and people often say, can you put kind of a Ringo fill in there? It could be one of my favorite ones. Or it could be... Like Rain or like The End. That Ringo swing, people ask for it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I know, Man, I know. Man. You've had it and no, you know, and, and I'll just say, to, just to, to just emphasize what you just said about in my life too that that double stop thing. Again, I I would love to hear from other drummers that either play this song or have tried to play it. If if they, I I struggle to to play it the way he does it to make it sound as even as he does with my my weak right hand. In my case, it's my right hand. It's my weak hand. But to play it, sometimes it'll happen for me. But in many instances, it's. I got no problem playing those 16th. It's like a 16th note, right? With the, But it's like my right hand just isn't as clean and even as my other hand. And it just, 
It's, yeah, here's a rudiment, not a rudiment, but here's an exercise for drummers out there that can play their paradiddle diddles, blistering speed. Not that that's blistering, but try playing, just sit and play double stops. It's hard. It's hard. Even to put it in the right place. And you know, we do work to do, Hamish Stewart. I, I got work to do. Average white man. And Ringo and I do this. We do that together. And sometimes we just get into this lean because he grooves so hard. When he hits his kick, he'll lean in with his shoulder and then back with the snare. And I'll be playing those, and I'll look over, and I—that's another one of those moments. I go, I play on my snare, on my floor time, all through the show. Oh man, and and he plays them effortlessly still, right? I mean, he can just nail it. Yeah. There's a warm up. I'm sitting there, you know, on the base of my shoe, like this. I got a catcher's kind of shoe, and it's a great practice pad. It's quiet. And you can sit in the dressing room and not drive people nuts. So before every show, Johnny, I'm going like, you know, from Cord North Texas, single, double, single, double, single, double. <laughs> Why are you doing that? I said, well, I'm going to play that in Frankenstein. You know, I got Okay. Well, he doesn't warm up. You hit the nail on the head effortlessly. Yeah. Just, bah, 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 bang. I know when I whenever I see you guys and I see him playing, you can see he, he's so loose. And I know you've told me he doesn't warm up. He just it's it's his thing. It's his his method is to just go out and play. And and man, it works. And he's he's not clamping down with the fulcrum and, and tight where people have, you know, wrist problems or carpal tunnel or everything. He's he's got a he's got a great technique, but it's 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 a nice loose grip. So that helps with the swing, too, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's hear a little bit of In My Life. This is such another... What a high amplifier. There are places I remember Oh, yeah. I still can recall some are dead and some are living. And as you said, always swinging too, you know. Yeah. 
so great, man. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what's that? What do you got? What do you got? (laughs) All right. All right. We're going to keep on moving down this list. Next song to talk about is drive my car. Um, Great intro that Ringo comes in. This really odd time thing took me forever to figure it out. I know you broke it down when you did your your um, Beatles Channel special last year to celebrate Ringo's birthday. And maybe you could just talk about that. Figure it out, Johnny. Say that again, Greg. I cut you off. Sorry. No, that's no. I was just going to say it's it. The intro where Ringo comes in is so weird, just in terms of what you might normally think of in terms of the timing, but. Um, it's so great. Shall I play and you it? Know what? It's weird for us because we always heard it as one being in a different place. It's like if you listen to Stuart Copeland with police songs, you might think that Spirits in the Material World starts off one different place or Murder by Number, one is in a different place or John Bonham, Rock and Roll. Once you know where one is, it's not weird at all and it's not an odd time. The guitar starts on the end of four. I always thought it started on one. Ba 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 bo boom ba ba it doesn't go ba 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 bo beep one two three four ba 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 bo bang so it's one two one two three ba do ba bang they knew where one was one two one, two, three, four, and one, and two, and three, four, and one, and two, and But when you listen to it, it's deceptive because you think the first guitar note's one. Yeah. Did you yeah. play that intro? Yeah, let's play it. Let's listen to it. Yeah. Again, when, when they're singing, you can do something in between. He's not going. He's not spazzing out and chopsing. He's playing with those lyrics. You can do something in between. He's playing rhythmically melodic with the vocals. Exactly. Exactly. And there's that kick pattern again. I'm not saying he uses it all the time, but he uses it, I think, probably more than the other patterns on those first several Beatle albums. Yeah, and and again, once again, just have to talk about the groove, the the time, the feel of the song, and you know, we haven't even really got into Ringo's feel, and 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 that to me is the is the secret sauce to everything is his feel. Um, it's he was just born gifted with this incredible feel that. You know, I mean, he plays that song as, like you said, a simple groove in the hi hat and the bass drum and the snare drum, and he plays those accents, and it sounds so great. Well, I don't want to spoil it for those people that are going to watch Masterclass, but I'm going to entice you to watch Masterclass, masterclass.com, Ringo Starr, by telling you this little trailer. When he first started playing with the Eddie Clayton Skiffle Group, their time was not good. They were rushing like crazy because they were excited. We're playing live and people were trying to dance by playing gigs and gigs and gigs and more gigs. His time got better and the band time got better. So you can't just 
you know, play your first gig and expect your feel and your time to be great. You need to play a lot. And I try to tell young musicians, play with other people. You can have the best time in the world practicing with YouTube or, and I want to plug my YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel. It's at Greg Drums, G-R-E-G-G Drums, at G-R-E-G-G-D-R-U-M-S. I've got about a dozen videos so far. I'm a YouTuber now. Anyway, I want to plug <laughs> But I tell people a lot, you know, play with other musicians. You can have the best time in the world with a metronome. But when you play with a bass player who's slowing down or speeding up, or a guitar player who's slowing down and speeding up, or you play in front of a bunch of people and you're all nervous. So in Masterclass, he talks about those very first gigs and how he got better over time because we all need to play, play, play. And again, the more you play, the better life is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And by the time, you know, he'd been playing with Rory Storm for, I don't know how long when he started playing with the Beatles, but obviously that was a big reason why they got him in the band was he was just, you know, with all due respect to Pete Best, I mean, he was, you know, a, a better drummer. and Absolutely, with yeah. more experience and better groove. And he'd been yeah. playing longer. He was the top guy in Liverpool. Right. When George Martin said, you got to get the top guy, that's Rinko. That's, the, yeah. Best guy. And all of a sudden, they'll all say, George and John and Paul are quoted all over the place, saying we became the Beatles then. We became the band yeah. that, we, that we were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, and it just, you, you wonder if what they might have been if they didn't have Ringo. You know, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoyed part one of Track Talk, the legendary drumming of Ringo Starr with my special guest, Greg Bissonette. Be sure to check out part two and please subscribe to Live from My Drum Room with John DeChristopher. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you soon. Thanks.